We have Shauna Nequest on the phone with us. She's the author of Bread and Wine. Shauna, I love this book. I'm a total foodie and I love to cook, but I really love it because of the great recipes. But not only that, but just the stories about community and friendship and faith and love. What inspired you to, to write this book? You know, this sounds, you know, totally selfish and silly, but this is the book I want to read. Um, when I looked, I was trying to figure out what to do with for my next book uh, after Bittersweet. And I looked at my nightstand and I had this huge stack and about half of them were essentially faith memoirs, stories about how people live their faith. Um, and then the other half were like food memoirs. I love to read about food. I love to know what people feed their friends and their families and what meals mean something to them. And so I thought it would just be the most fun in the world to get to blend those two things. It'd be, you know, sitting down at my laptop every day would feel like a treat. And it really did. When people invite you into what we usually consider private space, and it's not a special occasion and everything's not perfect, it's not like a, you know, stage performance, there's a real sense of love and intimacy and welcome that you feel in that. And I think, you know, for as uh, so much, uh, so much of most of our lives takes place kind of in public spaces. We're running from offices to our kids' schools to Starbucks to restaurants to malls. And I, you know, I love to eat out. I love food. But there's something about being in someone's home that I think is really valuable. And I think we've gotten to a funny place in culture where you sort of think like you have to have like a like a culinary degree in a restaurant-grade kitchen. And <laughs> you just you don't. People love to be fed the normal food you eat when they're not there. And they love to be invited into the messy, normal spaces of life. I think that's a really important thing. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And tell us about that. I mean, the beauty of people eating together around the table, and I know that you've uh, formed your own cooking club. You've had it for years just with your friends. What's the beauty of that? When you guys all get together and you talk about life and, and love and faith and you eat together, what there's? I just think there's some magic in that. I totally agree. You know, I think very rarely do we sit down with one another and look each other in the very rarely do we have the time to tell a whole story with all the details. And when we have that time, it's because we make it at the table. Um, so much of my life is, you know, running from thing to thing and short little conversations or emails. The table is sort of where we stop all that. And so my, for my girlfriends and I especially, to have that standing date once a month, knowing that no matter what else happens in a month, no matter how many text or emails or phone calls or stop bys, you're going to have a time where essentially time stops and you're protected and you get to really unravel all those tangled up thoughts and feelings and stories that have happened really sacred space. Yeah, that's great. There's a lot of people that are on lots of different like dietary plans, you know, whether it's for weight loss or just to be a vegan or be vegetarian or, you know, no dairy and that kind of stuff. So that's one of the things in our culture, I guess you get more and more of that, that it, um, it, it makes you feel like, oh, well, I, I'm not going to do this because there's no way I'm going to be able to satisfy whoever's going to come into my home, that kind of thing. So it's kind of a deterrent. What do you say to, to that? You know, I think that's absolutely true. And I think a lot of times I'm always surprised um, when you, a lot of times in magazine articles or whatever, when you hear from chefs or like really great cooks, they talk about kind of how annoying it is that people have all these dietary restrictions. And it's what you should really do is only feed people who like to eat everything. <laughs> and I, I get what they're saying, but if I had to do that, I would have to, like, never have my family over and, like, rent strangers to feed. Huh, right. You'd have no yeah, friends. <laughs> my, my husband eats gluten-free, and some of my best friends are vegetarians, and uh, another friend is vegan, another friend only does fish, another friend is dairy-free. I, you know, 
I feel like I sometimes need like a, like a super complicated spreadsheet to feed them all. <laughs> right. But, but I take it as a challenge. Um, I know, especially learning from my husband, I know how hard it is to be invited into someone's home and then to feel like you, you can't eat what they've served you. Um, and so I, I really do. Um, frankly, I try not to bend over backwards for just plain pickiness. Mm-hmm. And I really do bend over backwards for dietary restrictions and, and strong preferences like being a vegan or a vegetarian. I think those are things that we honor. And part of hospitality is making space for someone's preferences. And so I wouldn't say that, you know, if you're picky, I like will absolutely feed you the, the one thing I know you hate. But um, <laughs> do work hard. And there are recipes in the book that are suitable for vegans or that can be adapted to be dairy-free or gluten-free. And that's important to me. I think it's one of the ways that you honor people is by saying, you know, listen, I see who you are, the whole of you, and and I want to honor that. Um, I watched a video, a promo video for the book, and I love what you said. You said the temptation we have to keep our doors shut and keep people out of the mess of our lives. We have this temptation to just keep them kind of out. And Jonathan kind of asked about this, but why isn't that healthy? Why is that something that, that we all just need to get over? You know, what I have found is that um, community really shapes us. It really transforms us. It helps us know that we're not alone, that we're not crazy, that we're not the only one, not the only ones that feel misunderstood or uh, whatever. And um, I think that when we isolate, we tend to believe the worst about everything. And it's through friendship and through community and through reaching across those divides that we realize we're not alone, that we realize that God answers prayers, that we realize um, that things can get better. And so um, I know how tempting it is to keep the door shut, but I think really beautiful, wonderful things happen when we take that risk across that divide. Yeah. What about the pressure that, um, you know, people would feel I know you've got a quote here that just said, just make the decision that every time that you open your door to people, it's you're actually acting in love. You're making an act of love, not performance or competition. But I think there's a, an internal wrestling, even when somebody might read that, to say, oh, but I just feel all this pressure, and I don't know where it comes from. I don't know if it comes from just seeing all these pretty things on Pinterest or in other people's homes <laughs> or whatever. What are you laughing about, Lindsay? I love Pinterest. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so somebody that just really wants to act in love but feels all that pressure and just feels like nothing is good enough. You know, I think that's a really common thing. And I think it's sort of, it's something that we do together. Um, if every time you go to someone's house, it's like, you know, like the Rose Parade and it clearly took them a week and a half and they've been <laughs> up all night. Well, then I don't feel like I can invite that person over for soup around my coffee table. That's true. Yeah, but yeah. I actually really, I, I love entertaining. And so obviously, and I, I love kind of the fancy part of it, but I really do work pretty hard to tone that down a little bit so that what I communicate to my friends is this doesn't always have to be champagne flutes and silver. Like we can do this a million different ways and we can do it in my house in really casual laid back ways. And I hope that sets people free to do it in their homes in really casual laid back ways. So I think it's sort of like a contract that we all, it's like we're all, we all decide like, I'm going to let you see see, you know, the real side of me. We're going to invite each other into that together. And along those lines, you know, people who aren't confident in cooking and can't make a 10 course meal and, you know, all this homemade stuff. What do you tell them? Where should they start if they're not confident in, in cooking or hosting? What, what do they start with their friends? Well, there's a chapter in the book called start where you are. And I think that's the most important thing. So if you're, if for you, even just having people over, is really overwhelming. The idea of them being in your space and using your stuff and like making a mess. If that's really overwhelming, which I totally get, start with just the hosting part and order pizza and and buy everything already prepared. And then the next time, maybe 
um, learn how to make a salad dressing. And so when you serve salad, you've at least made your own dressing. Then the next time, maybe add in a dessert that you've made yourself. But don't expect, I think some of the trouble we get into is we think it's all or nothing. We think I have to invite people over and there have to be like a hundred of them and I have to serve a five course meal. (laughs) I think to start where you are and to tackle it time by time and to look at it as like, Maybe this is the year that I'm going to become comfortable with entertaining, not the weekend that I'm going to tackle it all. Mm -hmm. So to take kind of incremental steps and also to figure out your way. Um, I really recommend that people develop sort of like a tiny little repertoire of things that they're familiar with, that they love to cook, that they feel comfortable doing, and serve them over and over again. The benefit there is you're not nervous every time someone's coming over. The other benefit is people start to associate those flavors and memories with the time that they've spent around your table in a really good way. You start to think like, oh, I've had her chicken curry before. I love it when we have curry at her house. (laughs) And so I think instead of feeling like, oh my gosh, she's already had my pizza, now she's had my enchiladas, what do I do? They like... I'm going to build a sense of sort of muscle memory. You know what to expect when you're around my table. I think people like that. That's great. That's fun. I can, I will never, never forget the time that uh, it was us and another couple and we're eating their experimental chili. Oh no. They had Mm -hmm. way too much of the hot um, stuff in it. (laughs) And we were all acting like, oh, it's not that hot, but Mm -hmm. it really was. And then between me and the other guy, we emptied an entire gallon of milk just trying to like figure this out. (laughs) It wasn't that good, but uh, we sure never forget that experience. I bet. I bet not. <laughs> it was a, a true memory that we had together. So That's great. That's good stuff. Uh, okay, so Shauna, I'd love to know, what are those, like, what are your meals that, that you're comfortable with? What are your favorite things to cook for your family, your friends? Uh, what are those recipes that you just love doing? Well, you know, the, um, I mentioned chicken curry because there's a mango chicken curry that I've been making mm. for probably almost 15 years. I love it. It's really easy. Um, I love to make it. And it's one of those recipes where I, and a lot of times people say like, Oh, I don't really like curry. I'll say like, okay, but maybe just try this one. And I serve it to old people and young people and people who are picky and people who aren't, it can be modified in a bunch of different ways. You basically can't mess it up. So that's one that I always do. Um, uh, for an appetizer, I always do bacon wrap dates, and mm-hmm. people always tell me ahead of time, I think that sounds absolutely horrible, <laughs> and then they tell me, now I go by dates every day, and I make them every night. That's um, great. So that's one of those, like, funny, um, they're always horrified, and then I, I convert them to the bacon wrap date, which is fun. So, and then, you know, I make um, blueberry crisp is my favorite dessert mm. and, and I serve it for breakfast and I serve it for dessert and I bring it to my neighbors. It's really, that's one of my favorites. That's awesome. And um, I was reading that chapter. You are, or your family used to visit South Haven, Michigan? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Our family just went there this past summer for our that's vacation. Cool. It was so much fun. I loved it. And then when I read your book, I was like, oh my gosh. So yeah, totally know the whole blueberry thing. We went to that blueberry store. That's nice. awesome. <laughs> wow. Yeah, my, my parents both grew up spending summers there. Yeah. And then I grew up spending summers there, and now we bring our kids there for the summer. It's so such it, a cool town. It's wonderful. And we have such a deep sense of, you know, long-term family memories. My grandma yeah. used to have a cottage there. And, you know, it's a, we love it there. That's cool. Uh, Shauna, I can't. Ke- I cannot keep Lindsay off Pinterest. Uh, what is, what <laughs> During is, the whole show. What is your relationship with Pinterest? What are your thoughts about it? You know, I would say I have, frankly, a love-hate relationship with Pinterest because I love it, and I think it's so fun to, like, scroll through while I'm doing other stuff, and everything's pretty, and everything's fun. And at the same time, the one thing I would say is it's really important for me to keep in mind that I'm not actually seeing the real side of anyone else's life. Mm -hmm. This is entirely aspirational. This is like 
the same way you look through a magazine and think like some some high-end stylist put that all together. Um, so I think as long as it's kind of a fun, imaginary, this is these are interesting images, I think it's a really great thing. I think if it ever starts to make us feel like, man, my house sure doesn't look like that, or my meals never look like that, or if I took a picture of my dinner, it would look terrible. Um, you know, I sometimes feel a little bit like, I, I guess I should be a graphic designer, and I guess I should be a food stylist, and I guess I should be taking a lot more pictures of my home, and mm-hmm. my kids should be wearing a lot more handmade clothing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> if I ever get a little more wound up, I think, okay, just remember, this is this is a pretty crafted view of yeah. life and mm-hmm. not, not particular, not particularly authentic. And as long as you get that, then it's great. great. Well, and, and you kind of talked about, I'm pointing to Lindsay here. I mean, she kind of talked about uh, um, how the, how, how it can have that opposite effect and how it can make you feel very pressured mm-hmm. um, and how, you know, like you said, to, to kind of take a step back and, and to really, um, I mean, celebrate the things that you can incorporate into your home and your, you know, community and people that are coming over and stuff like that. But just to be aware, just just like anything. Yeah, I think um, just to be aware of that guilt too. I found I found myself before like, oh, I don't have that wreath on my door. I feel guilty. Totally. <laughs> totally. It's like I should not feel guilty for that. You know, each of us, um, our time is really limited in all mm-hmm. of our lives for all different reasons. And if you genuinely love the actual practice of making that wreath out of artworks and leaves you found in your yard, if that brings you joy, please spend your time on it. And if it doesn't, oh my gosh, like buy one at Target and hang it up and don't be <laughs> about it. Um, I, I, I think we just have to be so clear and honest about what are the things that give us energy and that give us life and that really matter to us. And when we find ourselves, ourselves spending time and energy on things outside of that, you know, it's always kind of a recipe for disaster. <laughs> 